Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Hi, movie fans. Thanks to Will Griffiths for that spirited introduction, and to you, dear listeners, for tuning in to our show. You don't have to be a movie addict to visit here, of course, but if you are one, it's definitely the place for you, especially today, because we will be ranting and raving about Ghostbusters, both the original 1984 film and the reboot released over the past weekend. Now, we invited critics A.J. Hawkery, Mac Bates, and Nell Minow to call in, but Mac and Nell have scheduling conflicts. Um, I'm going to have to talk to Nell about deciding to go to Comic-Con instead of calling in to our show, but that's a whole other story. And we do have A.J. already in the, in the green room, plus I've invited two special guests, I, I hope, uh, well, I, I said that they were surprise guests, uh, and uh, I know that you will enjoy them. I hope that, that they do uh, call in. But let's start by bringing A.J. on. As most of you already know, he's the famous mad movie man. He writes film reviews for a number of sites, including Real Talk Movie Reviews, yay, Review Express, Classic Movie Guide, and his own popular film blog, CineSlice, and that's capital C-I-N-E, capital S-L-I-C-E. AJ, it's great to have you back on Movie Addict Headquarters. Thanks for joining us today. Anytime, Betty Joe. Always glad to be on board, especially today because we're talking about, you know, one of my uh, partially about one of my uh, favorite movies, you know, growing up and, you know, having revisited it recently, it still holds up uh, just the same, and plus, I'll be here to uh, uh, stay on board for the entire time, because usually I end up having to work and uh, get uh, get out of here a few minutes early, but no, I'm here for the whole ride, so I'm on hand, ready to go. Oh, great. Uh, it's always more fun when you're here and when you can stay for the entire show. That really makes me happy, and I'm so glad that you agreed to talk about the original Ghostbusters film, uh, because it's been quite a while since I've seen it. I remember that I enjoyed it very much, but um, I, haven't, I haven't seen it in, in years. And uh, so now I know when you said it, it was one of your favorites when you were growing up. So now I know that you want to rant about, that, that you want to rave about it instead of ranting about it. So, so let's hear let's hear your raves about the first Ghostbuster movie. I, I know I know Nell will be uh, excited to hear me talk positive things about a movie for plus. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Uh right off the bat, uh kind of a weird little uh trivia fact. Like like I said Ghostbusters is a movie that I watched, you know, ever since I was a little kid and watched it growing up. But there is another childhood favorite, which uh, this is always intertwined with for me, and that is A Christmas Story. 
because when I was growing up, my dad had both of the movies taped together on the same uh, VHS tape. I think it was off of uh, the movie channel or one of those things way back in the day. And so uh, you have uh, We Wish You a Merry Christmas at the end of A Christmas Story in the credits. And for me, it just went, you know, directly from that into, you know, the shot of the New York Public Library and the lion statues uh, sitting in front of it. So weirdly enough, like, those two movies are just forever intertwined with me, which is, yeah, it's kind of one extreme to the other. You have the sweet, you know, happy Christmas movie, and then you have the sarcastic uh, horror comedy. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's quite an extreme. And you know, I I do well. I see that we have George Bettinger in the chat room, and um, I I'm going to ask if he would uh, would like to call in. And I I didn't want to inter- interrupt interrupt you, but uh, uh, I would like for uh, for George to call in so we could. Uh, we could talk a little bit with uh, him. He's, of course, Mr. Showbiz. He has a wonderful uh, radio show called the Mom and Pop Shop Show, and it's um, uh, it's over on the TuneIn uh, radio station uh, from, and I think broadcast from um, Miramar, Florida. So if George will call in, he can straighten us out on that if I've if I've said anything wrong uh, about it, but. Uh, well, I know that you ha- you have a place in your heart, AJ, for a Christmas story because you and I feel pretty much the same about that movie. It's probably one of the best movies ever made. I mm-hmm. uh, I would not uh, I would not say the same for for the, for Ghostbusters, the first movie, because I didn't have the same you know special place in my heart for that movie as I did for a Christmas Story. But what was it? Oh, I think we have, <laughs> oh my goodness, I think we have an, the other special guest that that I invited to call in, and it really did take some magic to get this to get this guest. But let's let's bring him on, AJ, and I think you'll Alrighty. enjoy talk, talking with him. Hello, area code nine five four. Is this the? Oh, hello. Joe Franklin, is this the famous Joe Franklin? Yes, I want to say that uh, Betty Joe Tucker is probably uh, my number one guest. Of all, I've been Bing Crosby, Rudy Valley, forty times, Michael Jackson, Hull Jackson family, Al Pacino, but but Barbara Streisand, forty times. But I would have to say that Betty Joe Tucker, uh, in my alleged mind would probably be the number one guest if somebody says to me, Joe, who is your uh, favorite guest of all time? I'd say Betty Joe Tucker, right? <laughs> well, well, what a, what a treat to hear from you, Mr. Franklin, and, and thank you for, for those nice words. You know it's an honor to have the master of memory lane on our show, as well as the man who practically invented the radio TV talk show. And I, I remember you appeared in the original Ghostbusters film, and, and that's what we're talking about. A.J. Hockery, one of our favorite film critics, is here. And um, he's Let me tell you something, buddy. You know, when I kid. grow up, when I grow up, I want to be uh, like A.J. Hockery and the people that you have. This is what I... This is what I'm uh, working towards in terms of uh, film and nostalgia and memorabilia. I'll thrill you 
with the memorabilia. Oh yes, and I've I've watched uh, many of your uh, performances or your shows on on YouTube, and I saw um, you you answering some of the the, the most difficult questions about uh, old movies, and the one that um, that you knew, which really impressed me, the questioner asked, uh, "Where did the song?" Uh, you'll never know come from what movie was you'll never know and, and he said oh Alice Faye sang that and hello Frisco hello and then I said oh I am a fan of Joe Franklin because I remember that movie and I loved Alice Faye singing that that song it's one of my, was, my favorites uh, but Amazing, yeah. amazing lady, and you, you have an amazing show with people, you know, like uh, the wonderful AJ. I want to say hello to AJ. AJ, are you there? I am here, and uh, I don't know if you would want to grow up to be me. The pay is terrible. You you deserve better than that, Mr. Franklin. Uh, listen, AJ, I, <laughs> I, I don't, I, but, 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 but I, I don't want money. I just threw fifty thousand out the window. I just, just a prestige, just to be, you know, to be involved in the uh, film and uh, cinema archive business and i love that i can't it's in my blood it's in my blood there you're doing it for well, art's sake that that's the one thing to good for yeah, yeah you're yeah, right you're well, right but listen I, I just called in to have a quick uh, cameo i i can't stay long but i, I did want to tell betty joe and aj that i was indeed in the first uh, ghostbusters film the original the classic yeah. the you know, and, and, and it was Dan Aykroyd and all the Ghostbusters who were on the Joe Franklin show panel. And they said, the director said to me, what would you what would you ask them? So I said, listen, you're Ghostbusters. What have you, what have you heard from Elvis and anything lately? <laughs> I remember. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, did you did you enjoy that? Was that uh, a fond memory of being in I that I loved movie? it. It was like. When I was in Broadway, Danny Rose with Woody Allen, I always play myself because I can't I can't memorize lines, Betty Joe. I don't I can't memorize. It. They always ask me to just play Joe Franklin. I play Joe Franklin, you know. But uh, it's fun and it's always good. It's nice to be in uh, indelible, you know, classic, iconic movies that'll always be around. And yeah, there, there was, I've been in so many, but many of the Woody Allen pictures. But Ghostbusters has got to be one of the one of the best. Oh yes, and and uh, uh, we we thank you so much for for sharing that with us. And I see we have another call, and from the number on the switchboard, I think it might be. I've, I've asked him to call in. I think it might be George Bettinger, Mr. Showbiz himself, who just happens to be one of your good friends, Joe. Uh, Welcome we were to brought the up in the same elevator together. We, we, George and I. Let me just tell you, George and I were brought up in the same elevator together. Is that right? Well, George is on. Uh, yeah, George is well, on the phone. Well, uh, is this, uh, is this Betty Joe? Uh, Betty Joe, listen. Um, you'd never would believe it. I was going to call you, and AJ, and and all the people to talk about Ghostbusters. But right when I was calling you, Humphrey Bogart walked into the studio. Can you believe that? Oh no! Oh no! What did he have to say? Well, he said, listen to me, sweetheart. If you keep on doing movie addict headquarters the way you're doing it, I'm going to have to come over and listen. 
Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Oh, this is the beginning oh, look, look, of a somebody beautiful else came friendship. Here. You know, it's an amazing <laughs> thing, a person like me at a place like this. I can understand maybe a normal person, but you're not so normal. I'll tell you the truth. you got an amazing show. And you know, Betty Joe, <laughs> when I think of Ghostbusters, I wonder, how come there's no Jewish ghosts on the show? No, nothing. It's like... All of these people, uh, did you ever see one that says, hello, how are you? I want something. I don't feel so good. I look so much and gahagged. Never. Well, you, well, you know, uh, I, I was wondering, uh, George, uh, if, if you, while, while Joe is here, uh, why do you think Joe was cast in the first Ghostbusters movie? Oh, that's a great question. Well, I, I, before, Well, you know, I think what it is, is that it was very much New York, and he was very much New York, and I think that's probably why they cast him. Most of the films he appeared in, or appeared in, have to do with the city, and nobody could mm-hmm. represent the city better than uh, than Joe Franklin, being that his show was always broadcast from New York, but also piped in and syndicated in many different areas, but. He was. He didn't cross any bridges. He was always, you know, Mr. New York. So I think that's the reason. I think that's. I think you're right about that. Good points. Well, thank you so much for for calling in. But before you go, George, please tell yes. our listeners where they can hear your terrific mom and pop shop radio show. Well, you know, Betty Joe, it's self praise. They always say is no praise. And 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 the thing I'm going to do is I'm going to let somebody else do it if that's okay. I'm going to let. Uh, Georgie Jessel, explain. Uh, Mr. Oh, Jessel? good. Georgie's here, too. Georgie Jessel. Hi, Georgie. Yes, if you want to watch George Bretton's, or rather listen to George Bretton's show, it's called The Mom and Pop Shop, and it's on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on TuneIn Radio at the station called It's Right Here in Miramar, 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And, you know, Betty Joe, I'm a big fan of yours, and one bright and guiding. Don't sing, George. Don't sing. Okay. He, see, he did it. He did it. He did a great job. I'm I'm so glad that he that he joined us. And I, you know, I'm one of your biggest fans, uh, George. And I want to encourage all our listeners to check out the Mom and Pop Shop show. I think most of them do because I mention it uh, on every show. And well, thanks, I, I thanks always you, love when George. you come. When you come and join us on the chat, there are hundreds and hundreds of posts, and everyone's talking to each other, and I think that's amazing. And it's an honor it to be amazing. here just stopping in with you and AJ, and I hope you have a great show. And and I'm a big fan of both of yours, and, you know, uh, I'm glad that I could bring some of these um, familiar voices to the table. I'm so glad you brought uh, you brought your friends with you, and and also for doing an excellent impersonation of the late great Joe Franklin. And, uh, he uh, was so yes, very special yes, person. I, um, very special. He, yeah. he he was, and uh, we're we're lucky to have some of the uh, some of his uh, shows on YouTube that we can watch, and then and then you're carrying on the the torch. With your with your shows and all of the the guests that you have and the fun that you have on your show, so thank you for I'm everything. I'm carrying on. I'm carrying on and, the torture. And by <laughs> to Bogart and Georgie Jessel and uh, and uh, Joe Franklin and um, we'll we'll continue everybody, on. Everybody with send their love and have a great show. And this is a phenomenal phenomenal topic. And you're a great great uh, host. And thank you so much. I'll I'll be listening. I'll be listening. Okay. Thanks, George. Bye. Well, AJ, what did you think about? I mean, did you ever think that we would we would uh, 
we would go through space and time and get all those guests today? I know, and even without the aid of a particle accelerator strapped to our backs, you know, magic can happen yes. even when you don't have ghost-busting gadgets. And, yeah, the Joe Franklin bit in the movie where he's like, have you have you talked to Elvis and have you seen him lately? Like, how is he? Like, that was a cool part. And uh, another scene, like, filled with, you know, broadcasting legends because that was part of the whole montage where they were getting famous and you overheard uh, stuff from, like, Larry King and uh, the man himself, Casey Kasem, so to have all of those legends kind of back-to-back-to-back to back to back for a broadcast guy mm-hmm. like me, that was actually pretty cool. That was cool to hear and, and see. Oh, God, great. I'm, I'm so glad that you were you were here and, and could uh, interact with them. But uh, back to Ghostbusters, the first film, and um, you, you were talking about a Christmas story, and then we're zooming over to uh, the Ghostbusters film. What, what was it about it that... Uh, that that made you so happy with that film? Well, the thing that kind of made me, you know, uh, that grabbed me about Ghostbusters, I guess is the kind of thing that grabbed me about uh, when uh, I started reading the Goosebumps books as a kid, where, you know, when I was a kid, like, I was kind of very, you know, adverse to horror. Like, I didn't even get really get into watching, you know, scary movies until I was in, in like, later uh, middle school, early high school. But stuff like Ghostbusters and Goosebumps, those were cool little, like, entryway uh, media entities because they had, like, a little bit of scariness to them, but then they had a little bit of funniness to them. And, you know, that perfect blend is what made Ghostbusters, you know, so appealing for me and for a whole lot of people because it wasn't just one or the other. It was uh, mm-hmm. it was just a really, really well-put-together blend of the two. And, you know, obviously it spun off, the Ghostbusters spun off into this whole uh, franchise where you had uh, the cartoon, which, you know, it was a cartoon in the 80s, so of course I watched it. And then you had uh, probably one of the, like, five most creative action figure lines of all time where you had stuff with, like, it almost kind of was like you had the like, ghost transformer type things because, like, here's a VW bug and it turns into a giant praying mantis. Then it's like, here's a garbage man, but then, like, the can goes over his head and it's like a ghost pops out so you have like all these like really creative cool toys that weren't necessarily scary like they had scary elements to them but they didn't frighten me away they're like oh these kind of appeal to me like oh wow that's really cool that's really creative and uh i definitely got that vibe very early on from when i was uh mm-hmm. very young watching that uh watching that first movie so it really struck me with that blend that creativity just cool looking uh monsters and stuff and then you had uh of course, you know the comedy aspect to it, which uh, when if you if you think of '80s comedy, some of the most giant giant figures you have are Bill Murray and Harold Ramis and uh, Dan Aykroyd and all of these guys, and working together under the same roof with this premise where they can just play around and have like a blue collar attitude going up against these uh, you know fantastic elements. It was, uh, to put it like, to put it like someone, uh, I forget who it was, someone recently described Ghostbusters as lightning in a bottle, and yeah, that's pretty much how that feeling is. You had all these elements that, on paper, shouldn't work together, but they made it work, and it worked really, really well. Well, it certainly did. I mean, uh, that movie just uh, took off. It was well, I, I'm you're you're you know kind of reviving my memory of it, and it had so much uh, comedy, and you know the special effects. It had the two, they were equal done equally well, the comedy and the and the special effects. 
And yeah, just, and and and, and uh, just uh, sorry to sorry to interrupt, but like the look of the movie was uh, really important too, because uh, I believe it was uh, Brad Jones who does the uh, cinema snob um, video reviews, and uh, he just recently spoke about the remake. And in regards to the original movie, he's like, it's shot almost just like a regular horror movie, but it has all of these, you know, wacky elements in there. And you have like the comedy and stuff, but it isn't shot like comedy. It It is shot like a much more dramatic picture, which, you know, draws you in. It doesn't keep you at a distance going, okay, this is a comedy. Everything's fake. Everything's kind of over the top. It has that. Is everything's fantastic? No, it draws you in because it's it's New York. It's right you're right there, you know, going down yeah. uh, Main Street and everything. And you know, there's the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man stomping around. Like the authenticity <laughs> was so vital to that movie, and that's another uh, that's another uh, one of the very big reasons why people clicked into it, and then you just they just bought it, even though it's kind of a ridiculous premise on paper. Well, yes, but the uh... I forgot uh, a lot about it, as I said. I went over to check uh, for some facts, you know, about uh, about the first Ghostbusters film, and I didn't remember that it was actually nominated for two Academy Awards that year, one for the uh, visual effects and one for um, the song. And, oh, absolutely, uh, the song. It's one of the, one of the most earworm songs of the 80s. It just gets in there. It's catchy. I, I forget what it launched to because I know it was up against like a couple songs from Footloose, and wasn't it up against like Phil Collins from Against All Odds? Yeah, it didn't. It didn't win, but it's it's lasted. I mean, who who are you going to call Ghostbusters? And you know, and and that kind of runs through the new the new one too. But um, what what is your opinion about how much neg- negativity? Uh, was in the air when it was first announced that Ghostbusters was going to be um, remade with an all-female uh, lead cast. Oh, if my eyes could have rolled back any further in my head, I would have been able to see my brain when I heard like every <laughs> all the people who were just pitching the biggest temper tantrums about this being remade and oh gasp with girls at that and it's like sorry like give me a break here like is like Ghostbusters like is a fantastic movie and I get that the franchise means a lot to somebody but it really isn't like this sacred cow that's totally untouchable for the point where it's like if it doesn't have the original people in it like it's not worth doing which you know you love the if you love the cartoon growing up sorry that wasn't Bill Murray and Harold Ramis that wasn't them and then you have like the uh, extreme ghostbusters cartoon from later in the 90s which again had even less people it was a brand new team and uh the stage show in uh Universal Studios that wasn't them so ghostbusters is this whole new world and uh the people who made the excuse that if you don't have the original crew it's not worth doing well that really, you know, doesn't hold water. And uh, just from a personal point, I, uh, from a personal stance, I would uh, prefer that they, if, if they had to do Ghostbusters again, which, you know, I do really love the first movie and I am kind of, you know, very wary of any and all remakes that, you know, spring out mm-hmm. of the woodwork. If you, if you had to do a new one, I would prefer it to be sort of like a ground-up reboot or have just a completely brand-new crew in there 
because uh, I w- I, that would just be more – you would be able to play with that more than you would with just bringing the old guys back, you know, with the exception of Harold Ramos, who unfortunately passed away a few years ago, because you'd have just a lot of jokes about, like, hey, they're old now, and just kind of like callbacks and references to the first movie, and uh, it would just lean very heavily on that, and it would just be very uncomfortable and very, you know, just not creative. And so uh, to have, like, a new crop of, uh, you know, uh, famous comedians doing it, hey, I'm definitely all for that because uh, the director, Paul Feig, who has done, you know, Bridesmaids and The Heat and Spy, his background isn't all that different from the background that uh, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and all those guys came from, which is, you know, improvisational uh, comedy where his strength is, you know, letting the actors do their thing and then kind of uh, finding the rhythm that works with, like, the special effect sequences. Uh, I, sh- I should say right off the bat, I haven't seen the new one, so I don't know whether or not the, uh, he did a, a job there that I would uh, like, but his uh, strength, just his comedic discipline, really isn't that far off from uh, what the original no. guys were working with. So to, you know, just kind of throw a temper tantrum again, because there are women in it, like, I just, I just don't get it. You know, just, just try <laughs> something new. Just watch it, watch, watch it before you say like this is the worst thing ever. And from all reports, no, it came out pretty good. Reviews were pretty solid on this one, so this isn't the worst thing ever. So just give me a break, guys. I know, but uh, I do understand uh, a little bit of of that uh, anger because you, you have like take the uh, Christmas story. <laughs> And put different people in it, you know. If you have a movie that you you just uh, have fallen in love with, and you don't want want it to be messed with, men or women, <laughs> you know, you just want it. I, I, I should say spend. that, like I have, I, I I say all that, and I have judged, you know, sight unseen the Christmas Story two, which came out a few years ago, which I refuse to ever ever watch. Like I've seen video reviews of that, and it's like. Oh boy, this is not gonna go over well with me. No, no, no. Yeah, I know. That's so we can understand that. But, but the whole idea of the of of being upset about it being all, uh, you know, an all woman cast uh, that I couldn't I couldn't uh, support at all. It made me more curious, in fact. And uh, well, we are going to talk about the the new Ghostbusters, but before we go there. Um, you you did see also a sequel to uh, Ghostbusters that came out about five years after the original, and because I the review that you did of that movie is up on our site Real Talk uh, Movie Reviews, and um, you uh, you pretty much panned it. Have you have you changed your mind? Have you seen it again? Uh, do you feel the same way about it? Yeah, I've revisited it about a couple times since it came out. Uh, oh, gosh, I can't even remember when I wrote that review. That must have been like the early or mid-2000s. Uh, so it's definitely been a while since I've presented like a review that's like my kind of updated thoughts on it. Uh, long story short, yeah, it's it's definitely not up to snuff with the first movie. And uh, But I don't hate it as much as some do. There is this uh, – when in people – there are – in response to, you know, the anger over an all-female Ghostbusters, 
uh, a lot of people have been like, oh, there was only ever one good movie. Like the second movie just was just garbage. So they're just like trashing the second one and throwing it under the bus. And yeah, it is definitely inferior in my taste, but there is still quite a bit about it that I do enjoy. And that is the, those are the moments that do change from the first movie as opposed to the moments that are uh, just kind of doing what the first movie did over again, where you have like the same story about them being, you know, not taken seriously, which was another like really big sticking point for me with that second movie. It's like, does no one remember the marshmallow man? Like does, why does everyone think they're frauds now? Like I just never bought that change where everyone just thinks the ghostbusters are a joke. I just never thought about that. So you have to see them, you know, climbing their way back up, uh, getting into a situation where they, you know, display to the whole city. It's like, oh, yeah, we're legit, and they have to face, you know, the evil entity at the end. Then you have, like, the giant thing walking through the city, because in the first one it was Steve Puff, Marshmallow, Marshmallow Man, and here it's the Statue of Liberty. And, you know, there's an evil bureaucrat there who's just being a jerk because he's a jerk, and that's what he does. Uh, but I did actually like a lot of the new stuff they brought to the table where you have uh, – the villain is an evil painting who, like, is feeding off of the negative energy in New York City through, like, slime that grows and uh, and just, you know, yeah. it, it thrives on being negative. So it's like, okay, I've never heard that before. All right. And uh, you kind of had a more increased uh, screen time for Annie Potts as Janine, the receptionist in the Ghostbusters office. And you had uh, Rick Moranis back as Lewis and... The the scene of him uh, is kind of like goofy as it is in retrospect. The scene of him, you know, having to don on the Ghostbusters outfit and he gets on the bus and Slimer's driving the bus. Like, yeah, it's kind of goofy in retrospect, but when you're uh, 10 years old or whatever watching, it's, yay, Lewis and Slimer, like, teaming up. They're going to go fight the bad guys. So, yeah, like, <laughs> all in all, Ghostbusters 2, yeah, it doesn't hold a candle to the original, but I still don't think it's that bad. It's not... Uh, a sterling movie. It's not a tarnish on the legacy that is Ghostbusters. It was just a pretty okay right. sequel. I still enjoy revisiting it once in a while. Well, and it did have the cast, the same cast. That was kind of uh, mm-hmm. I, what I I had I hadn't seen it and had forgotten that it was even out. And then when I was doing some research, I, I noticed, oh gosh, here's a here's a review by AJ of Ghostbusters too. <laughs> so I have to look that up and I'll have to see that. Yeah. Well, time now for a brief message uh, from one of our loyal listeners. Hi, comedian Nancy Lombardo here, host of Comedy Concepts, Blog Talk Radio. And when I need my movie fix, you'll know where I'll be found. That's right, every Tuesday at 4 p.m., listening to Betty Jo Tucker on Movie Attic Headquarters, Blog Talk Radio. Show me the funny, Betty, show me the funny. Oh, thanks, Nancy, for that fun promo. Uh, Nancy is the hilarious host of Comedy Concepts right here on Blog Talk Radio each Monday and Friday morning at 10.30 Eastern Time. Be sure to check out that uh, her wonderful show, dear listeners. I know uh, that many of you have done that and are just as hooked on, on Nancy's comedy as I am. Well, now back to Ghostbusters 2016 AJ and I did get a, get to the multiplex over the weekend and uh, saw Ghostbusters 2016 and um, I, this is one of those cases AJ 
where I have such high expectations because I think that um, that those four women, Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon, and Leslie Jones are four of the funniest women alive today, and I I just laugh, you know, when I when I see them. They hardly have to do anything. So so my my expectations were very very high, and uh, even though I did uh, like the original Ghostbusters, I thought, oh, I'm going to like this one even more because of those because of those uh, actresses. Now you mentioned that uh, this film is receiving lots of rave reviews. Uh, but some critics are ranting about it instead, and you'll be surprised at this, A.J. Our favorite film historian, James Colt Harrison, now you know, you know yeah. James, he's, he very seldom um, pans a movie. He's, he's like I am. <laughs> Most of the movies we, we review, we, we like. But he gave, oh my gosh, you should check it out on Facebook. He gave the the movie a scathing review. review. He even wrote that the all-female Ghostbusters come across like the Three Stooges, and they aren't all that funny. (laughs) So we'll have to talk with with James Colt Harrison a little bit more about that. And then, in contrast, our friend Nell Minow, the famous movie mom, loved the film. And here's the quote that she posted on Rotten Tomatoes. It's funny smart, sweet, and in every way as good or better than the original. So I had read that, you know, before I went to see <laughs> Ghostbusters. So, man, I'm really on cloud nine. I'm just, oh, we're, hurry up, Larry. <laughs> we got to get there, you know. <laughs> we got to get our popcorn. We got to get the best seats. And then I have to say that for me it, it isn't a perfect movie. I, I just have to say that. But it is a treat to watch a remake that's almost as good as the original film. And I, I really thought that it was uh, almost as good as the as Ghostbusters' original movie. But it was not as funny. I think that was what, that was what kind of held, held me back. It was not as funny as the first Ghostbusters. And... and that's kind of a disappointment, but they were, they did make a wonderful Ghostbusters quartet, and oh, they just, they project such fabulous energy, and you could just feel the their close friendship bond, you know, as they were working together, and I I really, though, expected to laugh louder and more more often, even even though I was pleased that they were working together so so well. But AJ, guess who is funny in the movie? I mean, and Who's that? I, Chris Hemsworth, the guy that plays Thor, <laughs> the Huntsman. Who knew? Who knew that he could be so funny? He plays this uh, Kevin, who's kind of an eye candy secretary to the ghost, the female Ghostbusters. He has he fouls up their phone system. He doesn't he doesn't get the hang of you know answering the phone right. Uh, and he he wears glasses with no lenses because he says they always get dirty, <laughs> so there's no <laughs> lenses in there. <laughs> but oh, he's so handsome and fun. And of course, uh, none of the women want want to fire him. Wants to fire him. <laughs> and and just wait, 
Just wait, AJ, until you see Chris Hemsworth dance as the end, end credits roll. Now, you know that that's my favorite part of the of the movie. And I did love the ghosts. They're awesome. And they come in all shapes and sizes, scary ones, silly ones, puffy ones, beautiful ones, ugly ones, slimy ones. We have to have the slimy ones. And that finale, you remember what the, the it's kind of like the apocalypse, that finale in the original Ghostbusters. It looks, it's really like a special effects extravaganza, but it did go on a bit too long. But I, I really have to thank uh, Paul Fig. He's He's one of my favorite directors now because I love Bridesmaids, I love Spy, I love The Heat. I think he did that one too. He did he did stay true to the spirit of the original film, and he included uh, stars from the 1984 uh, movie in uh, some uh, great little cameos. And uh, AJ, when you go see this movie, you're going to have fun looking for those actors while you're while you're watching the new. Uh, the new movie. So does that persuade you to uh, to want to see the new Ghostbusters? Absolutely. I was uh, I was intending to see it anyway because it's like you know what it's a controversial enough movie that alone and be like okay I got to see it for myself. I'm not going to make up my mind without seeing it for myself. But uh, knowing that uh, tribute's been paid by uh, having a lot of the original people back and not just the Ghostbusters crew from what I hear, some of the other actors. Uh, on the original yes. movie are back in there from what I understand. So it'll be fun playing, you know, you know, spot the cameo. Always up for that. Yeah, that's that'll be fun for you. And of course I did write a poem. And of course you know I'm going to read it. And it's called oh Ghost Beware. <laughs> you can't get you can't get out of this. <laughs> you're you're in for the whole show, so you've got to listen to the there, poem. There we go. Okay, it's called Ghost Beware. Ghosts in New York cause great fear. Why did they suddenly appear? Will four Ghostbusters solve this case, or is the danger too much to face? Ghosts must beware of women now, at least of four, who take a bow for fighting ghosts with few flusters and show courage in Ghostbusters. These ladies take charge of the screen and perform tricks we've never seen, but I wanted more laughs, poor me, along with ghostly sights to see. Hemsworth provides the most fun and steals the show before he's done. His presence makes this movie shine. More than special effects, he's fine. <laughs> so that, I had to give I had to give uh, Chris Hemsworth a, a plug, <laughs> and uh, I do recommend uh, <laughs> seeing seeing the movie. And I I want to know what what you think of it. You know when when you when you see it, and. Um, I do think it has it, it does have some flaws, but it's definitely worth seeing. Well, I see that our time well it's just gone by so fast, and we've covered so much and had so many guests, AJ. But we have some unfinished business from last week's Sally Field show. I, I want to thank five more Facebook friends who shared their favorite Sally Field films with us, and that was after the uh, after we had already gone on air, and I promised them that I would uh, read them on the show. Uh, Peter Keogh from all the way from Australia picks Places in the Heart, Tina Roth likes Norma Ray and Murphy's Romance, and Murphy's Romance was one of mine. The story lady, Sharon Schaefer, picks Places in the Heart and Norma Ray and Steel Magnolias. 
Lori Conser picks Places in the Heart, and William B. Madison, the um, author of the Madeline Kahn biography that's uh, so wonderful, picks Sybil and Places in the Heart. And in fact, uh, he, uh, uh, he also enjoyed Hello, My Name is Doris, and he, on his blog, he put... He he organized a, a scene where uh, he he tied in Sybil and uh, Doris in a very very funny article that he's put that he's put on his blog. So I want to thank all those people for their uh, their contributions. Well, it's time to wrap things up now. So here's a big shout out to you, AJ and to George Bettinger for being such terrific guests, as well as George Bet- Bettinger's friends. <laughs> and and uh, I also want to uh, thank the folk- folks at Blog Talk Radio for their support and our chatters and other listeners for tuning in. Special thanks to Nancy Lombardo, George Bettinger, and Angela Drake Perry for always mentioning Movie Addict Headquarters on their wonderful radio shows. And as I mentioned before, Nancy host comedy concepts right here on blog talk radio and uh you'll want to uh listen to that show on monday and friday mornings at 10:30 eastern time and uh, we already heard from georgie uh from uh, from one of his one of his friends that he brought along that uh, he hosts mom and pop shop show on tune in radio from miramar florida at 4 p.m eastern time each monday wednesday and friday and angela is a VIP and host over there at the Wacko Network, um, which now is broadcast on Mixler. That's M-I-X-L-R. And there's always something of interest for everyone scheduled for every day of the week and even on the, on the weekends. Please come back next time, folks, for another spirited discussion about movies. Also, remember to participate in our ninth anniversary book drawing for film-related books. Just send me an email at realtalk at comcast.net. That's R-E-E-L-T-A-L-K at comcast.net. And you put book drawing in the subject area, and I'll add your name to this random drawing. The deadline is July 25th. Well, that's all for now. Let's go out with my favorite rendition of, you guessed it, Hooray for Hollywood.
Give me. 